0: St John of the Cross tells us, without the aid of mental prayer, the soul cannot triumph over the forces of the demon. Welcome to the Meditation and Mental Prayer podcast. This is Catholics Talking to God. My name is Christabel and I'm a Catholic teacher and theologian. This podcast is about mental prayer and all things that lead to mental prayer. For instance, we'll be talking about living in the presence of God. We'll be examining the great saints and what they had to tell us and teach us about how best to do mental prayer. This is our first episode. We'll examine the structure of mental prayer. But briefly, before we get into that, let's have a look at mental prayer and what it actually is. Mental prayer is absolutely necessary. the spiritual life. During this mode of being with God in mental prayer you find yourself moving on a different plane. This is a huge undertaking but it's important to be spontaneous and you will be spontaneous once you've studied a little bit the different saints and their method and then you and our Lord work out what is best for you in your life. You can relax and be spontaneous. You have to really work at it. What people don't understand is that God watches to see what is going to happen next in our lives. He wants us to prove to ourselves first we indeed are sinners and an urgent need of his divine help. Now if our Lord were to lift us straight up into the sublime union with him immediately that we sat down to meditate, then we would be filled with pride and very soon find ourselves doing the work of the demons. That's actually true because of pride. We would have to be careful of being led astray. So mental prayer is about doing away with pride. It's about being humble enough to follow Our Lady and come to a point where we're deemed full of grace. So we must work very hard to prove to God that we mean business. And that we want to join with him in this very special communication of love. We will come every day and apply ourselves to the tremendous and holy task at hand. The saving of our souls. Now Catholics seeking to enter the narrow gate and be worthy of heaven. Seek out this method of prayer. And they want to know how to do it. As soon as you hear about it, you yourself, you know you've thought, oh, what's this about? So, how do we do mental prayer? The Tarasian method is based on three things. The first is living in the presence of God. The second is seeking to become perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. And the third is making a daily commitment to do the mental prayer. It's very easy to start off and get a good run at doing mental prayer and then put it off until later in the day and in our busy worlds having to keep up with our duties it can happen very easily that we fall away and stop doing it another reason people stop doing mental prayer is that they make it too difficult for themselves they expect too much of themselves and of course there's the other reason which is very sad and that is in doing mental prayer it's not as easy to chalk up how many prayers you've said and therefore how many brownie points you have with God. And that is sad because mental prayer is not about saying many, many prayers, but it's about going deeper into God, about loving him at a deeper, deeper level, about knowing him in a much more intimate way. But more than anything, It's about making ourselves holy enough to become his best friend. So at the outset the three goals once again are living in the presence of God, becoming perfect as Jesus has asked us to and making a commitment to do the mental prayer. I believe these are the three predominant goals we should have in mind as we set out on the journey to bring the kingdom of God into our soul. And remember, it's already there, we know that. As Catholics, we already have the kingdom of God from the time of our baptism. It's just like, what's going on in that kingdom? What does it look like when the angels and saints view it? Is it barren? Or does it have a lot of beautiful rooms, like Saint Teresa would have in the mansions of her soul? Saint Teresa tells us that mental prayer is friendly intercourse and frequent solitary converse with him whom we know loves us. St. Teresa's definition is important to keep in mind because as Jesus shines his light on our faults, the ones that he requires us to correct within ourselves, we might just become very sad and even despair of forgiveness, especially as we set out so prideful and so self-opinionated of how holy we are and how holy we must be because we've thought and wanted to do mental prayer. However, there is encouragement in the knowledge that there is a moment, a movement or stillness in mental prayer. When the soul talks to God, it doesn't use words. The soul talking to God does not need to use words. God talking to our soul does not use words. St. Teresa tells us that the soul must know and be aware of God's love for it. Once again, this is very important. Our soul then must be aware of God's love. Our intellect is used to know this fact. Our will is used to move ourselves toward the one who loves us. St. Teresa defines it as an exercise of the intellect or mind and the will of doing mental prayer. We begin mental prayer with a preparation. And this preparation is simply the intention and action of putting ourselves in the presence of God by using thoughts of him, a picture, whatever it is that makes us feel that we know and are aware that God is all around us. The next thing is to choose the reading. In order to convince ourselves of God's love for us, it is wise to choose a piece of scripture from the passion and death of Christ. Having chosen our piece of scripture, we need to apply ourselves to considering what faults that we are aware of that we would like to overcome through the light and grace of Jesus Christ. Now, when we come to do our meditation, we might be surprised to find that Jesus wants us to concentrate on a different fault and he'll bring that to mind and he'll show us very clearly where we're going wrong so now armed with your piece of scripture and your piece of knowledge about yourself your fault that you wish to eradicate and perhaps you've lit a candle you've a crucifix near you've made the place around you into a holy space and now you're going to read the scripture but as you read it you're going to be in it and you're going to be aware of god's presence all around you. So meditating on the scripture means that you read it and you tease it apart its meaning and you come to understand it more deeply. And then you begin to talk to Jesus about it. You discuss it with him. You discuss it in a way that brings it more real to you. We now move from our studying of the gospel, our studying and meditating on the gospel, into the heart of mental prayer. And the heart of mental prayer Is where we are telling Jesus that we love him. We're telling him that we love him particularly in the piece of scripture that we've read. Now at a later date we may not use scripture. We may be at a point where it would only be in our way. As we tell Jesus how much we love him, once again it's important to be spontaneous. It's important to allow our emotions to flow toward God This is the part of mental prayer, which is the heart of mental prayer, because it's about love. So here we are, we have a theme. We're looking at that theme. We're meditating upon it and we have to put our love for Jesus Christ into what's happening in the piece of scripture. But maybe Jesus has stopped us and asked us to consider this deeper. Maybe something has struck us about it. So to love him We move our hearts, our minds, into that piece of scripture and we live it and we tell God how much we love him because of it. We do our best not to tell him in words. We find the movement before the words. So to practice that, you might try saying the words first, but then when you finish saying them, as if to say them again, watch. Watch the part of you that begins the thought and go to there before the words. You will find there a silence, but yet a very clear message that you are speaking internally with your spirit, with your soul to Jesus. Once again, at this point, if we're looking at our predominant fault, because we're in a beautiful place, and very near to Jesus, we may become aware of how much our faults hurt him and how we fall very short of what the gospel asks of us. Remember our angel guardian has to watch us doing things that are not quite right. So we are always being watched by God and by our angel and by others. Now the next thing that is to be done is to give thanksgiving. We thank God from the bottom of our hearts for what he's showing us and what we realise we have to do. And that thanksgiving can be huge or very short, whatever way the emotion has moved us. And remember, emotion is a very important thing because it adds a great deal of reality to our prayer. Now, what we have experienced is now going to have to be carried out into the natural world. That's where it's going to show its fruit. And so, at this point, one of the last things we do is make a resolution to do better. And once again, we explain to Jesus that because we love him and because he has loved us so much, we wish to please him. We don't want to be an embarrassment to him in front of his mother and the angels and saints. One of the final things that we do is We implore God's help to show us how and to give us graces to keep the resolutions that we've made. Resolutions that we hope will give God glory and will eventually make ourselves saints. You've been listening to the Meditation and Mental Prayer podcast. I hope you've enjoyed the introduction to mental prayer and that God willing, you'll join me again next week when I discuss the problems that beset us when we endeavour to become good through the practice of mental prayer. Thank you for listening and God bless.